Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm all, I'm all right. Um, it's been a it's been a whirlwind few days um, for me. Very 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 busy, but um, and you know plenty of plenty of football to watch across the leagues. But um, I think yeah, a bit of a bit of a mixed bag um, in terms of results and performances across all my teams. So. Yeah, it is the festive period. It's, uh, you know, always a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, you lose track of what day it is. I think it's a Thursday. We've got City playing uh, Saturday morning, I think, so in a couple of days from now. Uh, but, yeah, a couple of games to chat about. Uh, not quite the results we would have hoped for. Um, you know, talk, we'll talk Bristol City first, uh, which started positively enough um, going into halftime 2-1 up. But, um, disappointing that we weren't even able to pick up a point between the two games over the festive period. Um, but yeah, we'll talk Bristol City first, that 3-2 loss. Um, I think the team was unchanged from that win over Cardiff, which was quite positive. Um, everything was looking quite quite good going into the game. Um, then the Greaves handball penalty, we go 1-0 down um, and then play pretty well to get back to 2-1 up at halftime. So everything was looking quite good at that point. Yeah, it was an interesting first half, I think, it kind of started off a little bit scrappy. Um, and I think then, you know, I think that a little bit of luck, like it was obviously, it was definitely a handball, but a little bit of luck in just, you know, actually, you know, getting it. Um, but they, they get, they get the handball, they get the pen, they go up, but I think, and as has been sort of the tale of, of, of the season, sort of when we go behind is when we seem to really come out of our, our shells and really um, go, Go, go for it and go at them. Um, and we really then sort of, yeah, dominated the, re- the rest of that first half. Um, you know, a couple of good goals um, and seemed to be, you know, well in control. And you go, oh, okay, well, if this is what we're bringing in the second half, then, you know, we're, we've overcome the little bit of adversity and we'll, and we'll control this all the way through. But um, didn't quite didn't quite happen. Come out second half looking like a very different, team unfortunately yeah i think i saw or heard the stat that it might have been um the first time in his career if i'm not mistaken the two fans scored in three games running which was really great to see uh and he's certainly i mean look when he first came back into the side following his injury there was probably a bit of concern that he hadn't recaptured that form that mm. we saw at the start of the season but he certainly seems to be back to his best from that point of view, it's just a penalty in this case, but you know, still a still a decent, strong performance from him in this game, um, which was great. Um, as you say, I mean, you know, penalty, their penalty was probably there. I mean, I think there's a few question marks if there was an offside in the build-up. Um, our penalty is probably a bit fortunate, um, but then you sort of think, you know, they get a couple of deflected goals in the second half, so it sort of swings and roundabouts in that mm. sense, I suppose. Um, great call from Connolly, though, I thought, um, to, to yeah. kind of get us going and get us back into the game with that shot from um, basically the edge of the box. Yeah, really well um, really well taken, picked out the corner. Um, and I think just, just it was good build-up play to get him to get to him the ball in that, in sort of in that position. Um, and he did what he can do, um, which is score goals. So, yeah, I mean, very impressive. And then one player who didn't score a goal in this one, but I actually, you know, sort of jumping ahead a bit to our votes a little bit, but I actually thought Delap was probably the best player on the pitch. And, you know, for, for a period of games where we've got zero points from two games played, for a striker to, I'd say, be the best player that we've seen on the pitch over the festive period says a lot for what he does, not necessarily off the ball, but I suppose away from the, the goal mouth in terms mm. of his you know, p- ability to pick the ball up. And it seems as if game on game, he's just getting more confidence in terms of how many players can I beat this time in this passage of play? Because he just he just bursts through packs of players and, and like, we say it every week, but his footwork is just incredible. Yeah, I think um, he is one who is developing, you know, game on game, week on week, um, where he is almost a completely different player to the one that we saw at the start of the season. So... Um, his growth has been immense and it's really, really pleasing. And I think you're right. He is, um, he's, you know, gain, gaining confidence. Um, I think even, you know, just developing further refining and developing his understanding of, of the system and the style of play. And I think he's getting, 
you know, more aware of how to get himself in those pockets, when to when to want to pick up that ball, when to want to run, um, you know, and take on defenders. I think that, that the big thing is, and I don't know if it's necessarily a complete criticism of him because obviously you need the support um, to do it, but I think that when he's taking those players on, he, he seems to be getting to a point where it's he's, it's one too many. He, yeah. he goes what, past one, past two, past three, um, and you go, well, now's probably a good time to try and you know switch it or find someone or, or whatever, and it sort of takes the next one and then loses it. But if there's no one who's backing him yeah. up, no one's getting up there to help him, then you sort of undo a, a really strong forward drive if you drive to the edge of their box, turn around and play it back. Because as soon as the ball goes backward once at, at the moment in our team, it seems to go backwards a few times and end up with their keeper again. So <laughs> I was going to say, it does seem as if it, it comes to a point where his only option is to draw a foul and, and win a free kick, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Mm. Um, but it does seem as if we're missing a, a Lakilo or a Philogene or, or some mm. sort of out and out winger to be up there with him. Because I don't know if it's, um, I mean, we're just say, saying how good, how well, um, two fans been playing but it's someone like him who needs to be up there sort of supporting mm. Delap a bit more than he is because as you say I mean he turns around and doesn't really have an option to pass to so he just sort of keeps the drive going himself um at the moment um you know which which is is sort of I guess where the rest of the team needs to actually get up to speed with you know when Delap gets the ball in those mm. positions what to expect and, and therefore how they can then support his runs yeah, I think part. I think part of it is it seems to be a lot of it. The, his breaks are coming sort of, you know, on the counter from like a court where defender corner, and we've got everyone except for Delap in the box, and so they've got forty yards to catch up on Delap to begin with. And I, there's, I don't think there's anyone in our team who's probably going to make up that ground. Um, so I think that's sort of part of the heart, possibly part of it, where you know we're we're so. We were conceding quite a few. We have, in, you know, conceded quite a few from set pieces um, over the last probably 12 months or so. And I guess as part of countering that, we've gone ultra defensive on, you know, def- on defending set pieces. But it means that in terms of outlets, we don't have a lot. So I think potentially, you know, when Philogene's back, even, you know, leaving him and Delap out of the box, um, you know, d- defensively um, could be you know, the, the right sort of balance where you've got the two probably most dangerous players to to, to, to hit on the counter. Yeah, um, or, or like, maybe even in the meantime, like a Slater. I was thinking yeah. in terms of who's got the pace or the engine mm. to, to keep up with him, maybe it's yeah. a Slater. Um, we'll yes, say. But, or even just, even for Slater, you could probably almost even just set him on, you know, the top of the 18 or something, just yeah. a little bit where he's close enough to for a scramble, but, you know, also close enough to, to break forward and, you know, um, break with a little bit of pace and support yeah something like that maybe just a tweak there to help um support the lap in those positions yeah um well then i guess onto the negatives from the game and, and certainly that second half um was a frustrating watch and i think i was saying to you before we we went on air that i think the biggest frustration for me was just the the negative mindset we seemed to come out with in that second half um it seemed as if from the first minute we were very much intent on just sort of setting up shop wasting as much time as possible and I guess um, um, uh, settling for the 2-1 win rather than trying to get that third goal to really kill off the game. And I don't know, I think Walsop got booked for time wasting. Once you see that sort of thing starting to happen, you're like, yeah, it's a good sign that even the refs sort of picking up on just how much we're slowing things down. Mm. And, you know, sure enough, they, they get the goal to go to 2-2. Um, a lot of criticism for Allsop for it. Um, I think... Having watched the replays, I don't necessarily disagree with the criticism entirely, but I think for both the, this goal and also the winner, there's a bit of a deflection, a bit of unsightedness through through legs from players where I think mm. it's not entirely his fault. Maybe his positioning's a bit at fault, but it's not the crime I think some are making it out to be. I think if he hadn't made those errors in previous games, he'd be forgiven a lot more for this one. Mm. Yeah, I think um, those those goals were, I mean, they killed us, but I think, yeah, they were a little bit fortunate um, on both counts because I think for um, definitely, definitely the Ingram one, he's, you know, he's diving to his left and then he has to try and recover to get to his, uh, to go back the other way. And he actually, like, obviously has not a full dive, so he does well to get, I think he gets, almost gets a hand to it or something as well, but, um, and does, you know, really well considering to get as close to, to stopping as as he did, but yeah, very frustrating. Um, and I think it's just one of those things where when you 
you know, you invite pressure, then those opportunities present themselves. Um, and yeah, yeah. The, our attitude and our, and our um, you know, application in the second half really was inviting, you know, inviting pressure from, from Bristol and inviting those opportunities to, to come. Um, so, and again, the more bodies you got in the box, the more likely it is that, you know, shots and going to do weird shit like that. So um, unfortunate, but, you know, I mean, Bristol, they, they played for the 90 minutes. Um, they, they probably deserved it in, in a, in a way, um, you know, admittedly we gave it to them, but I think, you know, if you're going to, if they, they came at us for the whole game, so they probably realistically deserved to take away three points. But I think on the balance, probably, you know, it's, it's a weird one. A draw is probably the most fair result. Um, because, but you know, I... well, it was in this. It was this. I'm because I'm kind of getting my game splendid in my mind. But it was this game where we really did have that chance to go three three at the end with um, mm. Delap. Um, again, yeah. another brilliant bit of play from him. Dummies the ball sit, to mm. sit the Bristol City player down, and then chips it across to Traore, where he really. It's a tough chance, granted, mm. but from where he is, he really needs to at least be getting that on target. Yeah. And you think if he gets it on target, it's probably going to be fine in the back of the net, and then it's three three. Yeah, I think we had we, you know, it's again we went we went down in the first half. We we pushed and pushed and pushed. And we got in front, and then it wasn't really until we were down three two in the second half that we went, oh shit, we've got to play football again, um, which is you know very very frustrating. So um, we did create you know a few chances late on, but I think you know it, it was just it was poor it was poor management of the game in that second half um, overall yeah. because we ended up we left ourselves essentially not enough time to 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 get that equalizer or or whatever yeah it's just anyway frustrating overall and i think at least the debate around all sops going to be put to bed at least for the medium term or short term a uh, few conflicting reports around the length of the injury but from resenius i think resenius comment was that there's no time frame on him which usually doesn't mean that he'll be back you know mm. fit and firing for the uh, blackburn game i think it probably means it'll be at least a couple of weeks um, depending on the length of it, I don't know if that means we'll dip into the loan market to bring in a keeper to um, to see us through the rest of the season. It would be a very convenient way to do it if we wanted to, where Rosinia doesn't necessarily lose face for bringing Allsop in, but at the same time can quietly bring in a replacement to hopefully mm. shore us up. And then everyone's happy, you know. We're not we're not dropping Allsop necessarily. We're not doing whatever. We're not also mm. keeping him. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see what happens on that front. Um, We'll talk Sunderland game in a second, obviously, but I think Ingram Ingram looks to be quite a capable short-term replacement mm. anyway, um, so no huge concerns there. Yeah, I think, I guess the the only issue or concern, you, if you go and sign another keeper, and I know we probably should, I guess, I guess it'll depend on what the the true extent and do injury time for Allsop is, but if you bring another keeper in and that pretty much is going to be have to be the writing on the wall for... Ingram, I think he, if another keeper's brought in, that just, he instantly goes, well, there's no trust in me. And he'll, if, if, if he's not, you know, offered, he'll be probably searching for a way out come end of season, um, which I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who are very, will be very happy to see. But um, I think he's been a pretty, um, I think he's been a very dependable, you know, reliable keeper for us for the most of his career. So, yeah. Um, and, and I, I think and I was... even, the, sorry, the game, but the yeah. game, in, uh, the Sunderland game, without getting too far ahead, I think he's, you know, he's obviously been working on the, the footwork and the, that part of his game and playing the ball out because I thought he made some um, really good decisions with that um, and was, you know, looked like he'd been doing it all season. So that he was fine. But... Yeah. And I think it'd be really interesting if he does end up departing. Um, it's easy to forget. I mean, he two seasons ago went on loan to Luton when they were in the playoffs he was getting a bit of interest from a few clubs. So it, it's the sort of thing where, you know, if we were looking to raise funds for a Scott Twine or someone like that, um, we're not going to get two and a half million for him by any means, but I think there'd be enough interest in him. We should be able to get some sort mm. of fee for him. So um, I think it's going to be, I think January is going to be just as interesting from a selling perspective as a buying perspective in terms of what we do. Mm. So um, yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to see from that perspective as well. Uh, well, let's do our votes then, and then we'll jump into the Sunderland game if you wanted to go first. Um, yeah, look, I haven't really thought about it at all. Um, but I guess just generally based on our discussions, 
Um, I'm going to go... Fan Delap Connolly. Good chance. Um, yeah, I've gone sort of as, as I was saying um, when, a bit earlier when we were talking about him, I, I've gone Delap for the three, two fan two, and yeah, Connolly for the one. I thought the goal was well taken. And I think Connolly's sort of surprised me because it was it felt like a bit of a similar season to last where he hit the ground running and we got very excited by him and then injury sort of curtailed his influence and you sort of thought, oh, you know, a bit of a flash in the pan, but now sort of reverted to type and it's not actually mm. as um, good a signing as we were hoping it to be. But look, he's proved me right. He's had a second coming. It's, you know, the mm. season for it um, <laughs> to, to rise again and um, score another couple of goals to, you know, obviously get us... Um, get us in front. Uh, sorry, was it to equalise against Middlesbrough, I think, was his goal? Uh, Must have been. Yeah, because then it was two fans got the winner. Yeah. Mm. So I think it, to equalise against Middlesbrough and again to equalise here against Bristol City, I mean, he's he's one who it's really great to have up and running and be be, be able to rely on as an option and an alternative to Delap, um, which is great to see. And, and I think... He's uh, timed it well if there's going to be contract discussions had in January about his future mm. because it's it's a, it's a timely reminder that he does have that potential and that ability that is quite useful to have. Yeah, I think one thing in recent weeks that has um, that's probably impressed me about Connolly was the other week when he hurt his foot and it looked like mm. he was going to go off at half time and I thought, oh, here we, you know, was that this game? Was that Bristol City? Maybe it was. Was it? But, yeah. Um, Brain. I don't know, um, but he just and, and I thought, oh, here we go. It's that same, you know. He's not willing to really dig in. It looked like he wanted to sub like before half time and got to half time. And he thought, oh, they'll, they'll make the change, but he came out and he played, you know, another half hour or whatever. So he's starting to, um, I don't know. Maybe he's just toughening up, or maybe he's just getting told to get on with it. I don't know, but um, like. Rosinha was up I, in the stands. He didn't have his he didn't have his mate to to, to like wrap him in cotton wool and no, take him maybe, off. Yeah, maybe got the tough love. Um, but I think you know also I think because now he's got more goals for us than he did mm. for Leicester. I think ever or, or whatever. So for Brighton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Brighton, yeah. Um, oh, it's almost so. he's pretty. I haven't checked it, but he's probably almost got more goals for us than the rest of his career combined. Um, wouldn't surprise me. Probably, um, but yeah, and, and I think about it's about half as many games or something. It was mm. nine, nine and fifty odd or something for them, and now he's, he's well, he's more than that now because I think that was a couple of weeks ago that he hit that sort of milestone. But yeah, he's he's in a good bit of form, and it was I think that interesting discussion was when he signed when he's you know came and signed and signed for the year and said you know I want to prove myself and prove that I can you know do it bef- you know without committing to a longer term deal. So I think. You know, we've had two little, had a good spell, got injured, come back, and he's had another good spell. So I think, um, you know, contract talks probably will begin again soon um, for him because I think you also risk, run the risk on with the 12-month deal of the six months where he can, you know, look at, you know, accept those offers from um, other clubs and everything. So got to yeah. sort that quickly. Yeah, I was <laughs> just having a look. So he, he, um, he had eight... He had eight in his career at Brighton in, um, what's that, 45 appearances, but that includes goals in, like, the League Cup and stuff. So just in the league, he had five in 45. He's already had nine in 25 for mm. us, and that includes the loan spell. So he had seven goals between in, – in, just in the league, he had seven goals before joining us in his career. He's now got uh, nine for us. So it says a lot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, but yeah, no, so Connolly's been quite good. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll move on now. We'll talk Sunderland, which um, I, I did admittedly sleep through that first half. I was saying to you before the episode, uh, the Boxing Day game, um, up with the in-laws, they decided to throw on the Barbie movie at 9.30 at night or something. I sort of snoozed through it, but then it just meant that I just struggled to get up for this game at 2 a.m. Um, I did get, I did catch the second or most of the second half, so I'll probably contribute more on that side of things. But Sounds as if the first half was particularly dire. So, having not watched it live myself, I'll, I'll leave it to you to sort of talk through how you found it. Um, yeah. Look, I, I see. I've seen lots and lots of comments and lots of reactions um, on 
the forums and in the chats and um, about how woeful and atrocious and everything we were. Um, and look, admittedly, we weren't great, um, but I actually found this game to be fairly even, um, you know, on the balance. I think we we were very, very slow um, in the build-up, and that's probably the biggest criticism I have, um, you know, of, of our approach in the Sunderland game, because we still created some really good opportunities throughout the game. Um, I think we, we were talking before, the stats were we had six on target and they only had three. Yeah. Um, and obviously, shots on target don't really matter that much at the end of the game if they don't go in. But um, I think it sort of shows that the it, it wasn't as like a, a one nil game. It's a one is a one nil game that wasn't as one sided as um, some people would like to you know report it. Essentially, um, it was yeah, it was it's very very slow, and it was it was a little bit you know negative um, or maybe cautious probably is better better word um in terms of what we were doing and it just felt like there were opportunities um you know delap kept finding himself in lots of space out on in that right wing um and you're going oh there's the ball you just you know switch it over there chip it over there um put it into that channel and i think jones particularly was one who just seemed to have blinkers on that side where he just just never seemed to look or play that ball but um i thought you know coil like is you know sort of interesting it was kind of a back four with slater at left back but then he kind of wasn't at left back he was, I was gonna ask as a holding midfield it was very yeah. strange i couldn't really tell whether it was a four like four three three or like a three four three um or, or what it was, it was a bit interesting but um, I mean, maybe it was sort of like um, in how earlier in the season we had Christie sitting as almost that inverted fullback that maybe mm. Slater was just doing that where it's like even more inverted in the sense that he's basically just a midfielder who who drops back occasionally when needed. Yeah, I think it was kind of he sat more alongside Seri, um, which allowed, um, you know, Morton to push a little bit higher. And I think that wor- it worked really well. Um, he was you know, busy and involved in everything. And he allowed, allowed him to get into some really nice pockets, um, you know, in, in the forward third, um, you know, and, and work some nice um, stuff with, you know, um, Delap and, and Connolly and Tufan on the edge of the box and, and, you know, um, crafted some really good opportunities with that. Uh, I think probably the downs, I think Twine um, sort of got, sh- I don't know, it seemed to be sh- just, very not not very effective um and this one didn't seem to really get on the ball um all that much and i think that's part of potentially why he seemed ineffective he just never seemed to to get the ball but um some some like yeah it it, it was not as bad as i think everyone is reporting it it's one of those things i think where the context of the game where we went we were we had two re- very winnable games um you know, across this this Christmas break, where we went, if we can get points here, we create a bit of a gap. We, we're we're safe in fifth, and we've got you know we could get a six or a nine point gap on you know the, ch- the chasing pack. Um, and both games we had the opportunities to have actually like um, taken advantage of that those op- that opportunity, and in both games we have sort of thrown it away and thrown away. That, that possibility we've, we've slipped outside the six and those sorts of things and i think it's all of that that is overwhelmingly frustrating for for um for a lot of fans and i get that because you know obviously when we when we've got into those strong positions we need to you know it, it, i don't think it's not enough if you if you want to be successful it's not enough to to have these bursts every now and then and, and push yourself up into a position and then let it slip and then push yourself back up and I think realistically we need to a little bit more consistent, get into that, you know, if we can get into that position where we are, you know, we're in the six, you know, fifth or six, we actually need to be better at managing those games to protect, to, you know, to, to scrape out, even if it's a nil or draw with Sunderland, you know, you scrape out a draw, scrape out, you know, the, those points um, to, to protect the, that position a little bit, um, a little bit more. 
I think that's the greater frustration for me is not necessarily within the games, but across the games, what that um, inability to, to produce any points um, means across the season. But, you you know, in, you know, high, you, or in contrast, you think about like where, where our expectations sat for our season at the, you know, be, before the season began, I think, you know. I think we were our, all saying like 10th would be good. Yeah, we, you know, we said, uh, I think for most people it was, I think mine was a bit broad and I said like 7th to 12th or something, but I think it was all, all of us were sort of in that, that, that chasing pack is where we pretty much, I think us and the um, boys in Hull, um, to Hull and back where we, our, you know, preseason crossover, we, we all pretty much said, you know, we, we expect to be in that, you know, chasing pack. Nobody said we expected to be in the six, so it's a bit, you know, it's. I, I think it's a, it's a little bit reactionary where we, we've adjusted our preseason expectations to reflect, you know, how the season's traveling, but which, you know, in one way is fair, but also, you know, like we're, we're, we're defying expectations pretty much every time we're in the six, I think, so... I see, uh, yeah, lots and lots of comments about how we've got such a shit team and this and that and that. And I don't think that's true at all. I just think we're we're inconsistent at the moment, or like across this season generally, we're inconsistent, and that's the difference. Well, it is, but and and I think that's the word for it. And I think when you you take that step back and you consider the fact we do have such a young team, um, a couple of players aside, you are going to get those inconsistent performances. But if we weren't inconsistent, we would be a Leeds or a Southampton challenging for the top two mm. where you look at the resources that they have and the teams that they've put together and the depth of squad they have that allows them that consistency. And even in saying that, and even in saying that, that the Leeds and the Southampton and the Leicester have been so consistent, Leeds have just gone and lost 2-1 to Preston um, mm. when we lost to Sunderland. So I, I said somewhere else um, a bit earlier today when you see a few people sort of saying, oh, we should have more points. This is Rossini's fault. The squad's not good enough. We should be doing better. Every side in the division, bar maybe Leicester and South, uh, Leicester and um, Ipswich, would be sitting there saying, oh, well, we've dropped points there that we shouldn't have. I mean, I look at that first game against Blackburn where we came from very late from 1-0 down to winning 2-1. Um, so I, mean, I think we've got, the, we've got the most points rescued from losing mm. positions in, in England, um, not just the championship. Um where you go, we've recovered and taken points where we were in a losing position more than anyone else. And so you think if you're going to say that we've dropped points that we shouldn't have, you by the same token have to say we've picked up points where we weren't necessarily expecting to, mm. uh, thanks to late goals or or good, good second halves, like that 2-2 recovery against Swansea, for example, mm. where it, we looked dead and buried at halftime. Um, so I think there's a there's two different ways to look at things, and I, I I just can't get too upset this season because, like you rightly said, I think we were all expecting an improvement this season, but not expecting top six. It was like a, I think I, I phrased it as if we're disappointed to miss the top six, and that's a good season to me because it means that we've been in and around challenging for it. Um, but I look at I look at Leicester, I look at Ipswich, I look at Leeds, I look at Southampton. You know, there's four really strong teams, and one of them's not going to get promoted to say that two of them aren't going to get promoted and that maybe we could sneak in just seems so unlikely to me that I see this as just a development season. And I see it as if we can get one or both of Delap and Morton in permanently for next season or even just back on loan for next season and we can keep a consistent squad and just go again, I think we'd be in a really strong position next season to go for the automatics even. I mean, you look at Chef United, Burnley, Luton as the most three most likely to come down their resources, even with Premier League money, won't put them that far ahead of us because I look at Chef United, who've barely recruited anyone, in, even in the Premier League, and Luton, who have put most of their money into their stadium. Hmm. Burnley, yeah, they might just go straight back up, I don't know, but it means that there's a very good uh, chance that we, we can go for an automatic spot next year or, or, or just you know a much stronger, more developed, more consistent level of hmm. performance uh, and to go through the playoffs. But... I just don't get the the sort of roller coaster of emotions everyone puts themselves through where we go, we've got two wins in a row, oh yeah, we're definitely going up, or yeah, everything's brilliant. And then two losses in a row, oh, you know, Sacrosenia, the squad's hopeless, we've got to change everything. Like it's never as bad as it seems, it's never as good as it seems. And I think people just need to take a breath sometimes. Yeah, I think the other thing is um there's lots of I, I hear so much about 
that it's you know oh we've got a squad you know it's, which is not true but we go we've got a squad of League One players or whatever because of because of how many of the um, squads there from the League One season which realistically is actually not it's only about half now um, maybe even less even that um, yeah 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 and, and in um, saying that and then just on that so Coil um, you know and actually what I was going to say about the performance is that Coil was very good at containing Clark and actually mm. was basically nullifying him to the point where we were looking the more likely to win the game until Coyle had to go off injured. And then, of course, Clark pops up and scores the goals. So mm. one of our League One defenders was actually one of our best. Yeah, and I think, but I think um, uh, like Ipswich or whatever, like... The squad of League like, One players, yeah. Yeah, where you're going, they've got a whole squad of League One. So the, uh, it's that... That, that sense of snobbery about you know the championship and league one and whatever whereas like i i don't necessarily it's not even about the you know the the players that we have in because like you go oh well we brought in a premier league left back in v- ruben vinagre and he's been pretty shit at left back um when he's played there so like i don't necessarily think the the league that we've signed like where we were when we signed a player necessarily dictates their quality um, it's just one of the, like, it, it's one of those things is in football, there, there are limited opportunities for players. And so there are lots of players who are playing in, you know, at, at clubs probably below where their talent sh- should allow them to play. But there's only, you know, 20 teams in the Premier League. And for each of those teams, there's only X amount of like squad minutes. That they can play. So, yeah. So like, what do you, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't think, I, th- I think I agree with you. I don't think it, it's not as bad as many of us think if we, you know, if we don't go, if we float around the six, if we if we get to the playoffs and and have a run at that, great. If not, then you know this has been a really solid, you know, season of development where you go. There's, it's been and not, not even incremental progress between like last season and this, like monu- monumental progress to go. F- you know, from where we were, um, you know, dire dire straits, you know, rele- relegation candidates, ship steadied by Rosinha then come go from that extreme to chasing for the top six, I think is, is, is yeah, monumental um, progress in a very short amount of time. So um, yeah, I think uh, just too much, too, too much reactionary um, commentary, I think, or like, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't, but yeah, I just, I feel like sometimes it's, it's so easy just to, Get on, get 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 the keyboard out, type some shit up on, post it on the internet, and you know, and then die on that hill for whatever reason you like. Why why you would want to do that? But um, it's very easy to to do that, I think. Um, but anywho, that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> but yes, so on the Sunderland game, um, only other thing I know you touched on him before, but I thought Morden it was just about his best game for us um, from my sort of half asleep. Uh, viewing of that second half in particular, uh, everything good that we did, him or Delap, I think both him and Delap had great games, but everything good we did either went through him or Delap. Um, he had some great chances. Um, you know, he, he he dummied and sat one of the Sunderland players down, much like Delap had done against Bristol City and and got a shot away. Delap with that, you know, fantastic shot across goal where I, it's frustrating because we say it so often and, and we sort of, we criticise our players for not taking their chances, but it does seem quite often that we're only denied by some great goalkeeping displays as well. Um, mm. Well, Patterson for Sunderland pulled off some great saves. Like I think that, that Delap shot where he... The angle that he's hitting it from with that power should be fine in the back of the net. Like mm. Patterson has no right to make the save that he does to keep that out, um, but he does. Um, and you just think, and that this is all at nil nil. This isn't even when we were chasing the game. So you think mm. any of those go in, and it's it's a hugely different game. And look, and credit to the supporters as well. I thought you know full house um, sold out game when we were on the break charging towards their goal at nil-nil, like the noise that was being generated was fantastic. So um, no no criticism there in terms of, you know, the atmosphere or anything like that. I thought it was fantastic. And it's just one of those games. Um, Sunderland, you know, you, you talk about the fact Sunderland have knocked us out of the top six. I mean, they're only ahead of us on goal difference, but but they're a good side. You know, there's, there's a, half a dozen good sides in this division where probably four or five of them aren't going to make the playoffs. And there's a good chance we could make the playoffs. There's a good chance we could miss out. And it, it's mm. it's going to be such minute 
chances or um, outcomes that de- de- define that, that it, it's almost not, you know, it's such a monumental difference between making the playoffs or not, but it's not something that you can get too hung up on given the fact that it can be, it, you know, it can be swings and roundabouts on the, on the smallest of things. Uh, and then who knows? I, I still suspect that whoever does creep into sixth isn't going to go up anyway. I think Leeds or Southampton or whoever does make the top two will, will go up quite easily, but mm. Um, that, of course, remains to be seen. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any other players you wanted to call out? Um, I actually thought Lakilo when he came on, was quite um, good and quite involved. A um, couple of nice crosses into the box, um, sort of created some half chances. I think one that two fan uh, managed to sort of head back and drop down for maybe Twine, and I think he should have shot, um, but sort of dallies on a little bit and tries to then set up someone else, and it doesn't quite come off, but some really, you know, came on, looked lively, looked to get involved, a um, couple of nice crosses. I think just he has a bit of a tendency to cut onto his left too much, but, um, yeah, I, th- I thought he was pretty good when he came on, which is a good sign because I think, you know, we've been talking about missing those those natural wingers. Um, so, mm. you know, I think building building up to, to full fitness, um, it would be good to have him, um, you know, involved more and more and more. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, maybe I'll give my votes first and then get your ones as well. But yeah, I just went Morton for the three. I thought he was terrific, as already touched on. The lap for the two. Um, yeah, again, you sort of talk about like his ability to just take on multiple players. I think there was one point in, uh, would have been the second half, I think. No, it would have been the first half where he was, I think, countering from the corner, goes past about three or four players and then draws the foul to really relieve the pressure on us, which was... Um, really well worked. We sort of talked about it during the Bristol City game that that seems about his only option these days is um, to winning that foul. Um, and then Coyle, yeah, for the one point, um, keeping Clark quiet, you know, probably the most informed winger in the division. Um, and, and when he went off, it was really noticeable. And we haven't really touched on him, but Christie, I think, is sort of showing that as much as he's sort of come out in the media and said, please give me a new contract, I want to stay. I don't necessarily think he does have a future here. I think he his drop off from last season has been so stark that I um I, I I suspect we'll be going out trying to get a new left back in January, and we may well be trying to get a right back as well because mm. uh, as whether as backup to Coil or as a sort of first choice challenger for him. But I think Christie's sort of showing this season that his legs aren't what they were. Mm. Yeah, it's um it's. Very interesting how, yeah, how influential he was at uh, the back end of last season, and how, um, yeah, uh, almost he's almost a passenger in games um, a lot of the time um, this season, which is you know very disappointing because I, you know, a lot of quality there, but it's just yeah, maybe it is just the legs. Um, so I actually, which you know, I really struggled. I've been thinking about this these this game for a bit um, while we've been talking and trying to figure out who I want my 3-2-1 to be. And I, you know, for, for a game that was apparently so, you know, full of woeful performances, I'm really struggling to, to pick yeah. the 3-2-1, but not because of how bad everyone was, because we actually, there was a, was a solid handful of players who really put their hand up um, and, you know, performed really, really well. Um, pretty much, you know, we've all, we've talked about pretty much all of them um, as part of this discussion. <laughs> And maybe maybe the only one we have in is Ingram, who I thought um, pulled out some really great saves as well. Yeah, well, I think I, I sort of I've touched on him in the conversation earlier in, in terms of his you know the, his footwork in this game and and the ability to play out from the back and beat the press seemed to be much better than how it was earlier in the season. But um, yeah, I think so, some really some really good saves, um, some really good play, um, you know, came out when he needed to, um, you know, commanded his box really well. Um, but yeah, um, so I have gone. I'm going to go Morton as well for the three. I think he just was sensational. The, the amount of times he, you know, how he managed to to bring save some of those balls from crossing, you know, going across the dead ball line and and things, you know, in the edge of the box, getting having sliding challenges come in. He just sort of pulls it up and rolls it aside and. Um, you know, sends a player the wrong way and gets a cross in, and it's just sensational. He's got it on a string at the moment. Um, you know, long may it continue. Um, and then this is the part I really, really struggled now um, because I think you know you said Delap for two, and I think he's a great shout 
and you gave Coyle one, and I think he, you know, admittedly didn't play the 90, but I think, you know, his, the part that he played in, you know, con- containing, you know, one of the competition's form forwards um, was was immense. You know, Ingram had a great game. I think Lakila was as effective when he came on. There's some great stuff from Tufan, um, you know, mm. runs pretty much the length of the field, wins as a corner and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it, it was really, really tough. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Ingram for two and I'm going to go Lakilo for one, um, just to share the love around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you, you took you floating half the team in for, for votes for three, two, one, I, th- I don't think the performance can be as bad as, um, what people, um, say, I, I, Maybe people just get they're more upset about the result than the performance, but it, the, the the way that they express that doesn't come out very well. I'm not sure, but oh, I think yeah. the performance wasn't too bad. The result is disappointing, but um, you know, ego. This is a direct competitor for top six, and they didn't blow us away. It was it was one nil, you know, um, and we had just as many or more chances to score than than they did. So it's it really it's a pretty it's a it's disappointing, but it's a fair sort of you know result um, for where we where we are and where we want to be. So it's not too bad, really. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, but no, I had, the, I had the same thought when I was looking at players to give votes to. I actually almost, um, and it's interesting what you said about Twine because, and again, obviously highlights tell a very different story sometimes from actually watching the game. Um, you know, of course they do. I mean, even the extended highlights, which are sort of 15, 16 minutes long and you sort of think balls in play for maybe 55, 60 minutes, you're getting a good quarter of the game. Um, but even so, you're probably missing some of the passages where, mm. you know, people might form their opinions. I, I thought Twine, from what I saw at least, you know, he was creating a few, he had a few great passes into players that could have been assists. You know, he, he's the one that plays that ball to Connolly that we haven't really touched on, but Connolly really should have been scoring, um, you know, from where he was to take such a team shot. So you think on another day, Twine walks away with an assist there. People mm. say maybe maybe it changes that perception from busy but ineffective to, to busy and, mm. you know, gets a return. Mm. Um, it, it's yeah, I, can't, I, I kind of think with these sorts of games when they're, they're decided by a solitary goal, you think if the goal's in our favour instead, are people saying, that was a bad performance, we were lucky to win? Or are they saying, oh, what a performance, you know, kept mm. a clean sheet and looked really solid? So you, you, obviously it's all hypotheticals. You don't really know how it would go but um it's hard not to think that the result colors people's opinions of the performance but um um, look it is what it is um we'll we'll talk the the two games coming up now we've got one more game for 2023 and then a game um just into the new year against chef wednesday um with blackburn the first opponents um this saturday morning uh dare i say both games really ripe for the taking um blackburn four losses in their last five um, I think Chef Wednesday have won um, two of their last five, but they've got two losses in a row coming into this game, um, you know, depending on the result that they have um, in the next fixture as well. Um, but it, it would be very interesting if we were to win these two games and suddenly our form line goes two losses, two wins, mm. two losses, two wins, and you start to think um, it, it all becomes how you group the results. You either look at mm. it at the moment as what is it, two two, uh, two wins out of six? Um, but then if you win the next two, you suddenly go, okay, or is it four wins in six or is it four wins in eight? Or It's, it's all about perspective right. and how far back you want to look. Um, but, yeah, so starting with Blackburn first, I think it's actually four losses in a row for them. Um, so looking quite poor at the moment and, and, and there for the taking in that sense. But, um, you know, looking, at, looking back to earlier in the season, I sort of touched on it before, we had, what you could class as a lucky win. I think at the time we were actually quite looking quite good through that game and, and were unlucky to fall one nil down. Then they get the red card and, and Connolly pops up with the two goals late in that one to win it for us. Um, but, you know, not an opponent to be taken lightly, but, you know, in a rough run of form and, and should be there for us to, to really attack. Yeah, I think um, that it's, it's sort of one of those, it seems like whenever we have one or two you know, poor, like, results or, or, you know, we get those couple of losses, it seems like then we sort of come out, um, you know, with a little bit of fire and a little bit more hunger and, and, and I expect to see the same sort of 
um, thing this time around. Um, so I expect that, you know, I, I think our game has been um, just, I, I think it's been steadily improving throughout the season, um, despite, you know, obviously the, the inconsistency of results, but generally, um, you know, we're, we're stepping it up and we're getting a little bit better and improving every week. And I, um, I mean, I'm not really tracking Blackburn across the season, but, um, you know, four losses in a row, um, you know, maybe they've, maybe they've dropped off and they're not, um, yeah, going as well as, um, as they could be. I mean, they certainly gave us a challenge last time, so it's hard to say that this is going to be, you know, an easy game or, or anything, but, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident um, that we can get a result. I think um, we just need to. Uh, it's just ball movement, and it's sort of been the issue. Whenever we seem to lose or put in what we call a poor performance, it seems to be because we've been um, really slow with getting the ball forward and really slow with taking out um, options. Um, and it was, I think, especially against Sunderland, uh, yeah, Greaves and Jones were really, um, really, really poor for that. Um, for just holding holding it up and slowing it down a lot when it, it really felt like a game where we needed to be um, breaking with a bit of pace um, at them. But I think if we can regain that um, attacking pace, you know, and, and speed of ball movement, then I think we'll be fine. And I think um, I'm pretty confident that we can get the three points. Yeah, and I think um, I hope Rosane is showing them tapes of the Cardiff fixture rather than the Sunderland game as ter- in terms of what we should be doing because mm. I guess that's my big frustration as well as you look at how how successful and how well we played against Cardiff in our attacking intent, ball movement, ex- you know, sort of everything um, to to sort of revert into our shells a little bit against Sunderland. Maybe it's the fact that it was a team sort of you know in and around the same positions as us and were a bit nervous and, and didn't know how to approach the game. Um, but I'd hope that the Blackburn fixture is one that we sort of look at as, you know, one to attack and one to treat in the same way as that Cardiff game. Because I'm sure if we can get them on the, on the back foot early and can get an early goal, um, then that will settle the nerves. You know, it's another home fixture. So hopefully big crowd for this one again. And hopefully the, the home crowd can then really get behind the team and, and get a few more goals as well. Um, I think it's actually, it's three losses in a row, but it's, yeah, four in the last five. Um, but yeah, um, you know, still a poor run of form for them. I think Sammy Schmodix is still the top scorer in the division, though, so he's probably the biggest threat for them up front, um, someone that will have to be contained. But um, outside of that, I don't, I don't know if they pose too much threat. Um, so I'd hopefully it's a, it's a game where, you know, you delapse and your um, twines or whoever can sort of feast a little bit and, and, get, and add a few more goals. But, um, yeah, look, I, I, I think... Uh, as you sort of said, it, it does seem our way that we have a couple of poorer performances or poorer results, and then and then really bounce back and, and have a bit of intent to to set the record straight. Um, so I'd probably I'd probably lean towards maybe a two one, maybe a three one win here. I think I think it's the sort of game where hopefully we can fill our boots a bit and, and get a couple of goals on the board. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, I'm, I'm hoping for. I mean, I'm really hoping for a clean sheet. Um, you know. Been a couple of games since we got one. Um, we only had one in the last four. Something yeah, like that. yeah. So, um, which is not um, not great. I think we're we're capable of 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 keeping clean sheets. It's just I mean, they're going to sound like Rosinia, but it's, uh, it's t- tiny moments, small margins. Um, so, if we can, um, I think we get a, get a, get the clean sheet. I think we go a long way to. Um, to securing the three points and I think we have enough at attacking options at our disposal. So um, I'm going to two nil. The interesting element I suppose is Quell potentially out injured, mm-hmm. meaning theoretically that Christie has to come in um, whether Slater stays at that, in that left position or if McLaughlin comes in and Graves shifts across. Uh, what's your view on that? Well, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, if, if Coyle is out, I suspect that Christie will start. But my concern is um, he doesn't have 90 minutes in him. Um, so how does that all change around? Was it Lakilo late? Was Lakilo playing fullback late in the game, or, or I'm trying to remember? Or was it no? Lakilo was just on the right, and he and Christie were sort yeah. of overlapping. Yeah. Mm. Um, or do you just? Like, yeah, do you just go back 
you you have a, an actual back three and you bring you know McLaughlin Jones Greaves in and yeah maybe maybe Christie plays as sort of Christie or Slater plays in that or probably Slater I I I probably actually almost prefer that honestly um and our mystery go, man uh, James Furlong still can't get in the side yeah very interesting um got no 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 left backs um so we've we've made Slater our um, jack of all trades um, can play anywhere, can do anything. Um, played left, played, had a good game. I wouldn't be opposed to put like playing in there if we had to. I just think he's um, better suited further forward. I think he adds a lot um, in in the middle of the park. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't hate to see them just run a back three um, and see how that um, how that plays out. And if you've got Slater on the park to start with, then you know, there's always the the possibility of just sh- shifting shape if it's not working. Um, if you can play anywhere, if you can play left back, surely you can go into right back and shift Greaves out wide and yeah, um, something. But yeah, I, I yeah, that's probably my take. I wouldn't mind seeing them just run the back three, to be honest, with with the players that are sort of available. That depending on Coyle and he's a pretty tough character. I'm sure if he's a, if he can play, he will play. So. And just on Furlong, I think Racine has come out and sort of, it, maybe not in as many words, but basically said he needs to go out on loan. He's not quite cut it. He's not quite up to um, first team standards just yet. So I think, I think that was a, it was a weird signing because it was announced as like a first team signing on deadline day. Everyone's sort of gone, oh, he's a first team player. Mm-hmm. But I get the sense it was more of a development signing, and it's yeah. just sort of. Is what it is. Um, okay, well, then we've also got the Sheffield Wednesday game to talk about. Um, yeah, two wins in their last five, but two losses in a row for them um, coming into this one. Uh, Danny Roll has been in charge since October. Uh, we played them under Cisco Munoz when we won 4-2 at the MKM earlier in the season. Um, very comfortable win, too, found getting the hat-trick in that one. Um probably more comfortable than that scoreline suggests. Although, I mean, that was another game where we were sort of found ourselves 1-0 down. And I think it was, was that third game of the season because we'd lost to Norwich and we'd, maybe it was the second game of the season and we'd lost to Norwich and then it was sort of 1-0 down against Chef Wednesday and it's all this sort of pressure. And then we got the goal just before half time, and then we go out and go 4-1 mm. up and everything suddenly feels a lot better. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it's another game where I think they, they've sort of, had a little bit of a resurgence. Um, I, I sort of maybe put it in the same category as that QPR game, but hope in terms of, you know, poor team that could potentially da- um, prove dangerous on their day. Um, but I sort of hope because he's been in charge a little bit longer that that new manager bounce has worn off a little bit and they've sort of reverted to, to form or reverted to type and um, we can just sort of comfortably put them away. Yeah, I think um, it's a good opportunity. I think they're pretty safely the or i mean i guess a new manager but pretty safely the worst team in the division at the moment so um i think i assume they're still on the bottom no actually rotherham's bottom now oh rotherham's dropped below. which uh yeah, which i don't look at uh, i don't for strangely enough for, for this 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 season i haven't had to look i haven't had to look at the, the that that far down and yeah the, um and on the table so um, our, our friend mitch is a little worried because he had a bet with a friend that chef wednesday would come last and his friend they just have to finish any other position and his friend wins the bet and uh <laughs> mitch was very confident they were still bottom until he checked the other day and realized that rotherham are bottom now oh no tommy's so, is not scoring yeah. 20 goals for him that's, that's yeah yep. I'm surprised. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, one of the poorest teams in the division. Um, I just, I think, especially if we get three, if we manage the three points against um, Blackburn, then I think we'll just, I think, not necessarily run right, but I think it'll be fairly comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I guess not much Not much um, point talking changes too much. I, I guess the only thing I'd say, and I've said it before, with Seri, um, I, I didn't think he looked amazing against Sunderland. I think mm. partly, as I, someone pointed out, and I hadn't even considered it, but with AFCON coming up, I wonder if there's something in Seri kind of going, he's not going too hard because he doesn't want to risk mm. injury before AFCON. You know, even just from the perspective that we need to start preparing for life without Seri, mm. In a game like this, you don't want to be, you know, chancing things too much, playing with form too much. Um, but you would think that we'd 
make a few changes to the side with games so close together. Mm. Um, I think I think I saw that Series started all but one or maybe all all our games this season. Like he he's been ridiculously durable considering you know he had a few injury issues last season and and at, and at his age as well and and the role he plays. Whether we do look at you know a Slater Morton midfield or a, um, I don't know if if even like a Doherty gets a start in this game. Mm. Yeah, possibly. I wouldn't. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a. Yeah, we do have. It's pretty busy um, time of the of the of, um, of the season. So certainly, probably some changes um, will will um, have to happen. I would. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Seri has been. He's been probably just. I think patchy all season. Some some games, you know, every now and then he has a game where you go, "Oh yeah, that's the series that we that we will look at that we signed." And then um, there are other games where he just he yeah it looks. I don't necessarily think it's disinterested, but um, you know, much less effective. So perhaps you know, um, we, we, it is a good opportunity to um, throw, you know, well, you know, either. Start Slater and or or Doherty or someone in in or Traore um, maybe hold. would be the other one. Oh, I guess Traore was going as well, so you wouldn't want to put him in necessarily. Mm. I mean, he did have that one really good game in um in that holding midfield position, so um, maybe he is a shout there. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I mean, I'd really like to see um, Doherty get some more minutes, even if it is just you know for the sake Shop of being able to put him, yeah, put yeah. himself in the in the window a little bit and say, hey, remember this is a, a, you know, I can cut it at this level or this is what I'm capable of um, because I I kind of get the sense that he's probably one that will be on his way out, um, you know, either probably come end of season. I can't see us letting, letting any midfielders go in January with as, as, the AFCON, as you mentioned. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of think that perhaps the writing is on the wall um, for him a little bit, but... Yeah, I, and, I think. Sorry, you go. I was just going to say the other thing that just occurred to me that's a real shame is I think Billy Sharp's ineligible for this game because if you needed anyone off the if this was one mm. one late in the game or something like that if you needed anyone to come off the bench at Hillsborough against Chef Wednesday, Billy Sharp absolutely hates them. He would love nothing more to have been able to score a goal for us there. So I don't actually know why. Like I know that he couldn't play against like Bristol City, for example, because I think his contract with LA technically ends in January and therefore he's not a free agent until mm. then. And so, we, you know, it's all sort of contract. I would have thought it would be 1st of January he's eligible mm. to play for us, but clearly not. I think he's in line. They're saying he'll play against Birmingham in the FA Cup would be his first yeah. game for us. But it's a shame this game isn't a week later because that, be, that would be great. Yeah, that would have... Um... I think that would have been good. It would have been like the the perfect um, the perfect start because I'm uh, yeah desperate. He would have been desperate to score. He would have um, done, found something, done pulled something out of the bag. I'm sure. But um, anywho, um, not to be. Um, but here's one I'm looking forward to see come off the bench. Um, I think you know, even like you know, we played. You know, we go one nil down against Sunderland. He's exactly the kind of player that you could bring on with 20 minutes to go and say, get in the box, get the ball, create something, do something, score something, and he'll he'll probably be able to do it for you. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the back half of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, did you have a score prediction for this one? Mm, 3-1. Nice shout. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go, yeah, maybe two or three nil. I think especially, as you said, especially if we can beat Blackburn, um, I think this game will be um, sort of similar to that Cardiff game after Middlesbrough where you go, <clears throat> you got the win on the board, you got a bit more confidence back in the legs and you're going in against a team that, that really should be there for the taking. Um, and so hopefully we can just put a few goals past them and uh, really enjoy ourselves. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll cover those games next week as we sort of navigate our way through this festive period. But thank you for joining me for this one, Dan. No worries. I'm always um, happy to come on and talk some football. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. I hope you're all having a very Merry Christmas and festive period. Uh, have a very happy New Year as well because we'll be back in the New Year for a review of these two games and a look ahead to what's to come after that. But until then... 
Kamut City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning